Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey everybody, welcome to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast. Where we fight depression with the power of, that's right, music. I am a professional handicapped host, and apparently the bat out of hell, James yeah. Cox. And no, I'm yeah. not the voice of Scooter from the Muppets. But if you, okay, so if you open up, like a picture of Scooter from the Muppets, and compare it to, my, compare it to this face, I look yeah. just like him. Just I like him. I see it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. for sure, you are the bat out of hell. James Cox, yeah. but uh, I'm common. Ref- com- we're off to a great start. Yeah, I am commonly referred to as the loudest guy in the room, but only when I'm playing the drums. I am your endless source of useless music knowledge. My name is Blake Mosley. You can call me Brosley, and I would do anything for love. But not that. But I won't. I won't do that. You won't do that, and we'll talk about that later. Well, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> talk about that yeah. later. Yeah, talk about that. Allie asked me what it is that I, would, I wouldn't cause, do because not many people know what that means. So yes, we will. Some people think they know. Do they? Do they really? Some people. Some people like to speculate. Uh, well, it, it has it's been. Dirty. It has been. It has been confirmed by the man we were going oh. to talk about today. But okay, all right. Before we got on, I I I I told you I had I had two things to talk to you about today. I don't want to get your thoughts. Yes. Okay. Someone okay. I'm I'm sure you know about this that's been on Facebook and and, and uh, not Netflix, obviously, right? Uh but it, may be but, but it might be on Netflix. Yeah. So Neil Young has said, <laughs> "Yo, take <laughs> off Joe Rogan's podcast," which yeah. makes okay. So it makes. I mean, they paid him with like a hundred million dollars for their, for his exclusivity. There. Yeah. He said, take, yeah. He, he said, got a, he got a good chunk of change from Spotify to go exclusive. Yeah. With them. Yeah. So he said, take take him off because I don't like his you know COVID talks you know, or yeah. delete my whole catalog from your from your <laughs> platform. <laughs> and that's why I said, delete your podcast. I mean your uh, your catalog. So here's what I, I, I okay. So I'm not really down with with it on 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 my end because I really don't care about this, but it yeah. involves music and you know we talk about about oh, music, yeah. right? We're gonna talk about it. So yeah. I, I so I love Neil Young's music, especially the Heart of Gold song, and Rocket into Free World. Rocket into Free World got to be iconic for years and years. To this day, it's still iconic, right? Sure. Heart of Gold has been covered by by um by I, by BLS, Black Label Muscles. That's probably my, my favorite cover song in all of all time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would, I, I just want to know what your take is this, what do you know about it, and can you explain it to me and our listeners about for, for people who don't really, you know, follow up on the, on the, uh, on the news right now? I am, I'll tell you this. Probably my explanation of this whole thing <laughs> isn't going to be any better than... Okay. 
Than mine. Uh, than yours, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, okay. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you, it's because of this. For one thing, I don't watch the news. I don't keep up with the news very often, and I think I'm a happier person for that. Yeah, and I, um, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't watch news. Yeah. I just watch Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, yeah. and uh, Peacock. Peacock TV. Yeah, and that's, so, I mean, that's yeah. just, I, I try to stay away from it as much as possible, especially... Um, with all the COVID stuff that's been happening for the past two years now, I, I, I stay out of that. There was a lot of political crap going on um, during the elections that I just don't care to, to. First off, I don't. I know my opinion doesn't matter in the first place, so why am I going to express it? Um, and you know what I mean. Like uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff, like yeah. no one cares. Once yeah. everybody has it made up in their minds how they feel about it, you're not going to be able to change their minds. So no. what's the point of me even? telling you so i stay out of that kind of stuff right um i you know yeah so i heard that neil young basically gave spotify an ultimatum and was like either i go or joe rogan goes and i can tell you this spotify was like um joe rogan's podcast is one of the most popular podcasts in the entire world and he is exclusively on our site no we're not going to give him up i think we'll be okay without neil young's music so that's that's where we landed with it i'll be honest with you i can't name you a single neil young song um i don't i have never really listened to neil young i have been aware of who neil young is this entire time i used to commonly get neil young and neil diamond mixed up all the time um (laughs) but i'll tell you i think part of why i don't really care i I shouldn't even say i don't care for his music because i i I don't really listen to it yeah yeah um, other than like you know Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young, yeah, that, right. like that. That's that's all I can really name you. Yeah. Uh, but well, you know, in Sweet Home Alabama, there's the line: "Southern man, I hope Neil him. Young will right. remember yeah. that a Southern man don't need him around anyhow." Right. And that's what I, I was saying to you. Yeah. Yeah. In the back of my mind, it was like I was, <laughs> I was trained, um, as a kid growing that, up in the South, even though I'm not from that, Alabama, <laughs> that a Southern man don't need uh neil young around any house so who cares i didn't i didn't care about neil young beforehand um I, and i don't know what his i don't even know where joe rogan stands with this whole vaccine okay and, so, and all that stuff so my I, I my my thought okay so, so I, do, I i do listen to podcast a lot yeah well clips of it you know because his clips are on youtube i don't i don't listen to but like a three-hour show because who has the time right for a three-hour right. show come on now joe you know, d- dumbing down to like an hour and a half or something. <laughs> Easeless. Um, yeah. But but uh, but but I think Joe thinks that everybody should think for themselves before they go in and get this get this vaccine. Because yeah. it's because okay. So so for some people it's it's bad. And some people it's for it's, it's good. Because I was talking to a uh, a new hire at back, and uh, a it, it, the guy was in the military, and he said yeah. one of his buddies the female um took it took took the vaccine and she developed mm. a stutter because of it and the military let her go wow. for taking that taking mm. taking the vaccine right, so, right you never know i mean i mean for some people it worked for me i i got no symptoms i'm, I'm still here alive you know talking music with yeah. you uh, and i don't think new york well i, I don't know what new york's um thought about it, about this is but i think he's he is leering towards the thing of you have to take it 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, I you think know? that's what I've gathered is that so, he's very pro vaccine. Right. Yeah. And yeah. um and uh, I you know Joe Rogan is not I I guess right and yeah. uh right yeah because he's like you no know, be fr- be free of mind yeah. and think about what you you know just think about yeah. you know for yourself you know yeah and I think so. this is why this is why especially recently like within the last like. 10 years i have really tried to stay out of politics out of yeah. uh, any any type of political issue because it's like you're forced to take a side right and i don't like that and things are so like tribalistic now and if you have a different opinion from somebody else you're chastised for either side it doesn't matter i i think both sides are wrong right yeah uh, all the time. That's, that's <laughs> right. where I like. Yeah, I'm like, right. y'all are all wrong. So just <laughs> leave right, me yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um. So I, no, I don't do the whole like pick a side. Am I pro vaccine? Am I anti vaccine? I, I stay out of it. And you know what? It's so, my business anyway. Right. Nobody else's business. So I will and, tell you. I I think I have the uh, I have the right to say that you and I that aren't part of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. We are part no, of the, I don't I don't we are I part of, of the We are part of the Pizza Party with the teenage Mutant Pizza Ninja Party, bro. Pizza yes. party dude. Yeah. Michelangelo <laughs> man, come on now. Um yeah. but yeah, so um it, I I just uh, I you know I don't know if it's true but uh but mm-hmm. um it, it's it's this Spotify at a content advisory to COVID nineteen podcast episodes for Joe Rogan. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't a trigger warning. I, I guess I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, you know, we'll see that. It, it wouldn't surprise me. No. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's uh, when when I get asked about these types of things, um, I try to stay away from it as much as possible. Right. Uh, to me, to me, how I treat all this kind of stuff is like just what makes the most sense. Right. Like yeah. At the do, end of the day, what do, what makes the most sense? Do do what's right um, for you and your family. You know. Right. You know, don't, yeah. don't, don't go by, by everybody else's gimmick yes. or whatever you got. So. Yeah, I, I think that's where, that's where I land. What makes the most sense for you as a person, for your family, and that's all you need to be concerned about. Right. Don't worry about the opinion of others. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, opinions are like buttholes, right? <laughs> Everybody's got one. So... Um, <laughs> I, I've heard like that. that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Like, you just brought back a new so, back and back fan. <laughs> But yeah, so that's just that's that's kind of what I, I I think about that whole deal. Um, I know that's been hot in the news, and uh, I'm sure there's a, there's some people who listen to this that are big Neil Young fans that are probably screaming at whatever device they're listening to this on, and they're like, Blake can't name you a single song. Um, you've never and, heard no, of you've never heard of Heart of Gold. Mm-mm. I looked. I even looked up because when I heard all this, it's like the first time I've ever excuse me i've ever searched for neil young on spotify so i pulled i pulled it up because i was just to see if it was true and the when i checked it was still on there so had, i don't know that was a few days ago so i don't know if it's all been taken down now well, um well have but, no uh, have no fear fans of neil young because he's still on apple music so he's still yeah if you're an apple music fan you know i'm sure i just like you'll be okay i just can't get into this spotify platform it's it's weird for me so i'm i'm apple well, i'm an apple dude people, all the way you know and some people may need to go back to listening to actual cds and i, I don't know if yeah yeah like, that's, it, mm. you know if the celestials are gonna emerge from the <laughs> earth because we reverted back to listening to uh cds instead of streaming music and um they're gonna swallow up the entire earth so that may happen 
Um, but you know, who's to say that we didn't deserve it? No. Hey, they all, hell, man, we might see old good old Galactus coming. Like a bat of hell. <laughs> Like it all, it all, it all works out. Yeah. It, like okay. a bat out of hell. One more right. thing before we go into this <laughs> subject here that I want to talk to you about: Frederick yeah. Holmes, our homeboy um, yes. that we interviewed. Frederick Homeboy. Have you have you uh, been on his uh, Facebook today at all? Not today. No, I have not. Okay. They so, do have a new song out, by the way. Yes. Um, of gods, of gods and machines have a new song out called uh, Blue Collar Beatdown. It's available, I believe, wherever you um, stream music. I found it on Spotify. Nice. I'm a Spotify guy. I know you're an Apple Music guy. Yeah. Um, Everywhere, so. see? So it works out. Everywhere. But apparently he says that, he, that his singing sucks because <laughs> today I found on, on, on loudwire.com that it says, ex Cannibal Corpse vocalist Chris Barnes says, a quote, Every death metal singer sucks except for me. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, oh, his words, his his yeah. words. I'm reading it right here. Yeah, um, I do. Okay, okay so well, I do have. I admit, he he's not the. I don't, I'm sorry, Chris, but you know. No. <laughs> He's, I love Corpse Grinder anyway. George, George, um, George is killing it. Oh, yeah, Corpse of, Grinder's great. Um, of by Corpse the way, Grindr. his song with uh, Ice Nine Kills. Yes. Um, take your pick, man. That is like the best song on the the new Ice Nine Kills album, the one with Corpse Grinder. It's pick. great. Yeah. Based off of My Bloody Valentine, which is a great horror movie too. So. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. 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 Corpse Grinder has a new uh album out now called uh, Corpse Grinder. Uh, Appropriate. Right, this is like a side project with a side project from Cannibal. But mm-hmm. uh, he released it on February two, well, well actually not, not even, he, he's going to release it on, on February 25th of 2022. So make okay. sure you grab that album for people yeah. who likes death metal. Like, I, I mean I'm not a big, really big fan like, like Fred is. But he, but he's just going off and like, you know, you're not, you know, you're not the best heavy metal, um, uh, death metal singer. Uh, I do like, yeah. I, I, I do like Corpse Grinder though. Corpse Grinder yeah. is very good. Yeah, but he com- seems like a really nice guy too. Like he just, he looks, he looks like he would be a very sweet person to meet and uh, have a conversation with. Yeah. So I would love to go see uh, Cannibal Corpse in, in concert one day and maybe do a meet and greet with old Mr. Yes. Uh, Corpse Grinder. Oh, Corp- I'm sure he's a nice guy. Oh, oh yeah, he's fantastic. He's got a gigantic neck. Yes. Huge neck, like Corey Taylor. Yes. They, they're both called neck or something, right? But, uh, yeah, they've got like the huge, the huge necks. <laughs> All those years of yeah. <laughs> not just headbanging, the Wind, whirlwind. Windmill. That's, what, that's yeah. the thing that gets your neck all yeah, huge the windmill. right there. But uh, but one more thing about the uh uh Chris Barnes is uh he he got called out by uh Jimmy Jessica of Hatebreed and mm-hmm. Jessica said, Come on my my podcast I'm gonna discuss why you think you're the why why you said you are the the uh all the uh the best vocalist ever and he's like, No nah, right. man, I'm not gonna I'm like okay, well you're Oh now I can't even follow it up. Yeah, so who knows, you know. And oh. he did. He 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 doesn't do interviews, because I contacted him on uh, what's that thing where you get to uh send videos to your friends cameo. 
I contacted, Cameo, yes. I, I contacted him on Cameo, and he's like, nah, bro, I don't do interviews. I'm like, okay. Well, aren't you just a lot of fun? Yes. I'm sure you're just a blast to have at Christmas parties. <laughs> right, right. So, I don't know. So. Okay, uh, well, so who are we going to discuss today on this on this awesome podcast? Um, I am a really big fan of meatloaf, and I don't mean just the dish. I mean the actual singer, um, and I love meatloaf. The uh, the the meatloaf sandwich at Brewbakers. Another um, plug for Brewbakers this week. They have a meatloaf sandwich. Now this is something that came out before um, Mr. Loaf passed away, and uh, so this was not a promotional thing by them. Um, this is something they started doing weeks ago, weeks ago, probably a month ago at least at this point. So. Um, but how appropriate that they have a meatloaf sandwich um, after the uh, the passing of of meatloaf. Uh, what a great, not only a musician and a great vocalist, uh, a a wonderful actor. Um, James, have you ever seen any of the movies that meatloaf is in? I've seen uh, Pick a Destiny. It's yes. The okay. I, I love Destiny him and Pick of Destiny. Yeah. yeah. He he played the uh, Christian father, you know, father yeah. figure, and that's yeah. And uh, I think that's the opposite for Meatloaf, you know, because he's a he's a rock and roll, and yet he plays yeah. a Christian father. Well, he was raised he was raised in church. And yeah, he, yeah. He went to yeah. so like he he took on that persona. So right. the, for those of you who don't know, Jack Black, everybody, a lot of people know who Jack Black is. He's a huge heavy metal fan. Yeah. He has a, he has a band um, with a guy named Kyle Gass. They're called Tenacious D. They're a comedy metal group, and they put out a movie one time called uh, "The Pick, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny," um, and it tells the story of the fictional story of yeah. how uh, Jack Black and Kyle Gass uh, Got- met up and started this band. Um, and in the opening like sequence, uh, it's a song called. Uh, Kickapoo, Kick-a-poo. if you ever want to check it out, that's okay. the song that features Meatloaf and Dio. Dio's in that song too, so RIP yes. to both of those legends. Yes. But um, yeah, uh, and Meatloaf plays Jack Black's dad, and him being raised in a very religious household, and uh, uh, Jack Black has like posters of Dio on the wall, and Meatloaf comes in, and he's like ripping them off, and he's like, "You're gonna go to church, and you're gonna, you know, all this stuff." You and know, okay, so he was raised that way. So you know the the most cold the most cold lyric that you did sing in that in that movie. What's that? He says in the song, "Your brother is ten, your brother is ten times better than you. Jesus loves him more." I'm like, oh no, that's right. Oh, oh. So, burn. So Jack Black had to get out of there, get out of town, and form his own heavy metal man. Jesus loves him more. Yeah, I remember that. That's, that's cold, <laughs> well, brother. I love I love Fight Club. Fight, Fight Club yes. is a a wonderful, yes. wonderful movie. Um, with Jared Leto of an uh, another singer, um, singer of Thirty Seconds to Mars. He's also in that. Yes. Uh, but Fight Club has Meatloaf in it. Yes. And um, you it, know, it's great. His name uh, was Paul. Is it um? Oh, Robert Paulson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And not uh. Can we say the name on this show? What name? Not his nickname. Not his nickname in Fight Club. I don't. Sure. I mean, you can say it. Bitch tits. That's what they call. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, I forgot about <laughs> That's that. That's what they called him. <laughs> I, I, I totally forgot about that man. Yeah, 
Because yeah. he had he had yeah. some kind of yeah. he had some kind of uh something uh, some <laughs> medical issue that he had and it made it look like he yeah. had yeah. like breasts right, yeah. and that's what everybody called him and I was like yeah, oh dude, gosh, I totally, so mean I totally forgot about that dude <laughs> I gotta watch that movie now oh it's that so, good. so good yeah, yeah I love Fight Club um but, but yeah uh, so we're talking all about um all about Meatloaf today yeah. and uh, his. Um, untime. I'm gonna say untimely passing. He was only seventy something years old. Yeah, um, which is so, young. You know, very yeah, very young. I, I I I hate it. And you know, and we're not gonna get into. You know, we started the show off with some discussions of that. Uh, you know, the vaccine, and uh, we're not gonna get into what his beliefs were as far as as that goes. But he did pass away of um, COVID complications. Um, and uh, but we're we're gonna we're gonna take the time to remember like who Meatloaf was and all he accomplished uh we're not going to focus on that uh that other stuff it's not important he he was a great artist and um you know we we did a uh we we did a whole episode on musicals um before and every time i listen to meatloaf i feel like it could be a musical and he was in a lot of musicals he, he was a musical rocky guy. horror picture show i just i, I just remember that, that rocky movie. horror picture show that, yep, that, he's in that, that, too. that, that that's mm-hmm. I, I want to say that's a musical too, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And he played the good, and he played Eddie, the motorcycle guy. Yes, and he was on Broadway. Yes, multiple. Yeah, multiple times. So, right. and we'll get into that. Yeah, but um, yeah. Um, so uh, why don't we kick it off and we'll uh we'll dive into the the life and career of uh the now deceased Meatloaf um and uh, celebrate him today. Yes. Um so Michael Lee Aday, born Marvin Lee Aday, uh known professionally as Meatloaf, was an American singer and actor. Uh he was noted for his powerful, wide-ranging voice and theatrical live shows. He is on the list of best-selling musical artists. Um his Bad Out of Hell trilogy, uh Bad Out of Hell 1 Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, and Bat Out of Hell 3, The Monster is Loose, has sold more than 65 million albums worldwide. The first album stayed on the charts for over nine years, still sells an estimated 200,000 copies annually, still to this day, um, and it's on the list of best-selling albums of all time. Um, after the commercial success of Bat Out of Hell and Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, and earning a Grammy Award for Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance for the song I'd Do Anything for Love, uh, Meatloaf nevertheless experienced some difficulty establishing a career, a steady career, uh, that is, with the United States. Um, the key to his success was his popularity in Europe. He was way more popular in Europe than he was in the U.S., um, especially uh, in Great Britain and Ireland, um, with him receiving the 1994 Brit Award in the United Kingdom for Best Selling Album and Single. Uh, Meatloaf appeared in over 50 films, that's incredible, yeah. um, and television shows, sometimes as himself or as a character uh, resembling his stage personas. So um, his early stage work included uh, dual roles in the original Broadway theater cast of The Rocky Horror, the Rocky Horror Show, um, and he also appeared in the musical Hair, both on and off Broadway. Um, and he sadly passed away this year, as we said before, from compl- uh, complications of COVID nineteen. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So uh, let's talk about his early life, little Lou. <laughs> yeah, I've I've titled this section "Little Loaf." <laughs> <laughs> little Loaf. 
Not meatloaf yet. He's a little loaf, y'all. Just a little loaf. Just a little loaf, you know. Okay, so <laughs> Mar Marvin Lee Aday was born in Dallas, Texas, on September twenty seventh, nineteen forty seven. He's oh, a Texas boy, just like me. And there you go. <laughs> uh, the only child of Wilma Artie, a school teacher and a member of the Boy D O Do Girls Gospel Music Quartet. Did I say it right? Vodi uh, Vodi Odo. Bo, 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 I guess. Bo, 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 under the name of the Griffin Grocery Company. Meatloaf stated, or Little Loaf uh, stated in a interview <laughs> that, he was that he was born, he was a bright and bright red and stayed that way for days. I guess like, like right after he was born. Yeah. Um, and that his father said that he looked like nine pounds of ground chuck. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's nice. Uh, yeah, thanks, Dad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he convinced hospital staff to put under the name Meat on his crib. Wow. Come on. Wow. <laughs> so that's where Meat... Okay, so Little Loaf was Little Loaf, uh, really. You know, after the ground chuck, you know. Thanks, Dad. That's such a <laughs> jerk. <laughs> he was later called ML... And the in references to his initials, but when he but when his weight increased, his seventh grade classmates referred to him as Meatloaf, and in commemorate and uh, commemoration to his five foot two inch two forty pound stature. Oof, man, big fella, that's mean. Kids are mean, but you know what? He got the last laugh. There you go. I mean, he sold all them records. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, he he also attributed the nickname to an incident where, after he stepped on a football coach's foot, the coach yelled, "Get off my foot, you hunk of meatloaf!" <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> so, so he he was born to be meatloaf because his dad said yeah, he was ground. The, his dad yeah. said it looks like a ground up truck, right? So he's meatloaf. <laughs> And the, and the kids made the fun of him, called him Meatloaf. I mean, he was destined to be Meatloaf, yeah. right? So. I feel for him. You know, I was picked on for my weight when I was a kid, but I didn't yeah. turn out as quite as successful. I, I would have taken it, though. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd take it and called you, you hunk of Meatloaf. You hunk of Meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his father was an alcoholic, though, who went on Ooh. drinking binges four days at a time, uh, which started when he was medically discharged from the U.S. Army uh, during World War II after being wounded by fragments from a mortar shell. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, Meatloaf often accompanied his mother in driving to the bars in Dallas to look for his father and often stayed with his grandma. He attended church and Bible study every Sunday. So he was a yeah. good boy. Yeah. Yeah. He was a very... Uh, his family... Uh, you know, was were still devout Christians, so 
Right. Um, so uh, whenever he was 16 on the – this is crazy. On the day of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, Meatloaf had met the president when he arrived at Dallas Love Field. After hearing about the assassination, he and a friend drove to Parkland Hospital where they saw – Jackie Kennedy bloodied getting out of the car. Isn't that insane? Mm, the day of, yeah. Now. Wow. Yeah, that they he met JFK the day that he died and saw Jackie Kennedy covered in blood getting out of the car. That is yeah. unreal, man. Crazy. Um, there's a lot of things with Meatloaf where you're like, no way. All right. And that's, we're just getting started. So yeah. in, in 1967, uh, Meatloaf was uh, 19 years old. His mother um, sadly passed away from cancer, and his father um, barely missed when trying to stab him with a knife in his bedroom, falsely accusing him of having girls over. Wow. Um, he used the inheritance he received from his mother's death uh, to rent an apartment in Dallas and isolated himself for three and a half months until a friend found him um, a short time later he went to the airport and caught the next flight to los angeles he intentionally gained 60 pounds to fail his physical examination for the vietnam war draft <sighs> yeah he he was like you ain't calling uh, me dude yeah I'm <laughs> um but yeah, so uh, meatloaf got a little bit more chunky, um, and uh, you know had to get out. So he was a little loaf when he was born. Now he is a little bit larger loaf now. He's he's full on meat loaf <laughs> at this point. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is fully living up to that name. Just fully, a chunk fully, of meat. Chunk of meat. Yep. Yeah, looking like ground truck apparently. Yeah, that's got to be some kind of mental, you know. Um, yeah, that okay. that could not have been good for his uh, <laughs> mental state. Mental awareness. No. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, okay, so let's talk about his career now. Yay. Hey. So in Los Angeles, L.A., uh, he formed his first band, Meatloaf Soul. Uh, the band received several recording contracts. Meatloaf Soul's first gig was in Huntington Beach, California in 68. At the Cave, opening for Van Morrison's band, them and Question Mark and the Mysterians. That's the name. Yes, Question Mark and the Mysterians. Yeah. Actually, I I think it's them and Question Mark and the Mysterians. Is what I'm reading. So them was a separate band. Oh, okay. And then, okay. Yeah. Um. And Question Mark and the Mysterians, which is funny because there's a uh, I don't know if you remember the Disney Channel original movie, um, Phantom of the Megaplex. I know. You, you ever see that? It's a yeah. great one. It's one of my favorites. Okay. Um. And uh, there's a kid on there who his name is Mark, and they call him Question Mark. Oh, because okay. uh, every time you ask him something, um, they'll be like, it, he like he responds with a question, um, which is actually something that I do quite a bit. So um, I don't think I'm as bad as this kid, but they'd be like, hey, Mark, um, do you mind uh, sweeping the floor over there? And he'd be like, uh, with the broom, mm-hmm. you know, it's <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so they call him question marks. And that's great. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so Milo later defined his early days in the music industry as being treated uh, like a circus clown. Aww. The, the, ba- the band then underwent several changes of lead guitarists, changing the name of the band each time to name including Popcorn Blizzard and Floating Circus. I love it. I like the name Popcorn Blizzard, man. 
I do too. Yeah. I would love to be in a popcorn blizzard. Can you imagine? I love popcorn. Yeah. Well, right, right. Floating circus doesn't do anything for me right now. So. No, I, I don't like the circus to begin with, let alone one that's floating. I'm scared of heights. I would rather be in a popcorn blizzard. Yes. So you can eat your way out, right? Yes. Uh, but Absolutely. as floating circus, they open for up for the who? The Fugs, mm. the Stooges. With a G. That's with a G. Right. F U G S, y'all. Okay. <laughs> we're not we're not dropping F off so we're all okay. No, not on so, this show. Family friendly. Yeah, that's right. Uh the, so he opened up for who? The Fugs with a G. Uh <laughs> the Stooges, MC five Grateful Dead, and the Grease Band, which I never ever heard of before. Have you? Never heard of the Grease Band, no, but I do love MC five and the Stooges. Yes. Um, the Grateful Dead is bad. About the Grateful Dead, the yeah. Like the I'm kind of on the, you know, whatever. I love the Who and the Stooges, though. Yes, yeah. Stooges is great. Um, mm-hmm. Iggy Pop band, right? Yes, that's Iggy Pop's band. Great punk band. And did you know that he played? He played the zombie in in a zombie movie. I can't remember the name, but Bill Murray wasn't it. Uh, was it Zombie Land? Nope. Can you look that up for me? Huh. Yeah, I'll look that up. Um, uh, it says that that that, that their regional success led them to release the single "Once Upon a Time," uh, back with "Hello." Meatloaf then joined the Los Angeles production of the musical "Hair," and I never seen the 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 movie, and I did not know that it was the Broadway thing. But I think John Travolta mm-hmm. played the lead part in the movie Hair. You know. Yes, uh, John Travolta played a woman, right. Um, in the right. movie Hair. Hair yes, right, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, the zombie movie of which you were speaking of is called The Dead Don't Die. It's a yes. horror comedy. Yes. Um, and I need to check this out because yeah. please yes, do. it's please got do. a star-studded cast. Um, including Bill Murray, yep. Um, Adam Driver, I love Adam Driver. Kylo Ren, Kylo, yep. all the way. Gotta do it. Um, Tilda Swinton, um, she's you know she's the she was uh the the White Witch in um Chronicles of Narnia, okay. and she also plays the Ancient One in Doctor Strange. Okay. Um, Steve Buscemi is in that. Selena <laughs> yeah. Gomez, yeah. what? Danny Glover. Yeah. Oh my God, I gotta watch this movie. And Easy Pop is as, as as one of the zombies. That's fun. So, That's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, that is that is a fun movie. Yeah, a very good movie too. So, yeah, I have to I have to save that for um, which I watch horror movies anytime yeah. anyway. But right. that's definitely a Halloween movie that will have to be added. So, um, so with the uh, publicity generated from here, Meatloaf accepted an invitation by Motown uh, in in Detroit to record only the vocals with fellow hair performer Sean Stoney Murphy. Uh, on an album of songs written and selected by the Motown production team. The album, titled Stoney and Meatloaf, with me, uh, with Meatloaf spelled as one word, which it is not supposed to be spelled, it is supposed to be two separate words, mm-hmm. um, was released in September of 1971 and included the single What You See Is What You Get, reached number 36 on the best-selling soul singles chart and number 71 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Meatloaf and Stoney toured with Jake Wade and the Soul Searchers, opening for Richie Havens, The Who, The Stooges, Bob Seger, oh. Alice Cooper, and Rare Earth. Uh, Meatloaf left Motown soon after the label replaced him, um, excuse me, his and Stoney's vocals from the op- the one song he liked, 
who was the leader of the people, with new vocals by Edwin Starr. How could they? Um, he moved to Freeland, Michigan for a year and was the opening act at the Grand Ballroom 80 times. Mm. Impressive. Yeah. Um, in December of 1972, Meatloaf was in the original off-Broadway production of Rainbow uh, at the Orpheum Theater in New York. Um, after the tour, Meatloaf rejoined the cast of Hair, this time at a Broadway theater. After he hired an agent, he auditioned for... Uh, for the public theater's production of More Than You Deserve. Uh, during the audition, Meatloaf met Jim Steinman. Um, th- this name is going to come up a whole lot, too. This is where he first meets Jim Steinman. Right, so. right. Um, and in the late, uh, excuse me, in late 1973, Meatloaf was cast in the original L.A. Roxy cast of the Rocky Horror Show, uh, playing the parts of Eddie and Dr. Everett Scott. The success of the musical led to the filming of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, in which Meatloaf played only Eddie. Um, it is, that was a decision that he made by the movie. Um, he said that made the movie not as good as the musical. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess there was some some magic with him kind of playing dual roles there. So, um, about the same time, Meatloaf and Steinman started work on the Bat Out of Hell album. Um, Meatloaf convinced Epic Records to shoot music videos uh, for four songs. Uh, you got Bad Out of Hell, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth, and Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, and convinced Lou Adler, the producer of Rocky Horror, to run the Paradise video as a trailer to the movie. Hmm. It's all about marketing. It's all about who you know, man. All about who you know. Also, so... In 1976, yeah. uh, Meatloaf recorded lead vocals for a 10 album, Free For All, which I have. Hey, um, there you go. You got it on vinyl? I do. I do. Nice. Vinyl's in, though. You know, vinyl's yes, in. Yes, sir. So, uh, when regular Nugent, fan, Nugent lead vocals, vocalist Derek St. Holmes temporarily, temporarily quit the band. Side note. Yes. You listened to Stranglehold, I'm, I'm sure. By Tenugent. Stranglehold? Yeah. I don't have... I would have to hear it. I don't have, have a, to hear it. I don't have it queued yeah. up right now, but... Um, there, okay. Okay, so I thought for years uh, Tenugent sang that song, but it's, but it's Derek St. Holmes that, that, that sang the there song. There you go. So, uh, so Meatloaf sang leads on five of the album's nine tracks. Uh, that same year... Meatloaf appeared as the final theatrical theatrical show in New York City, the short-lived Broadway production of Grower Champions Rock Music Rockabye Hamlet. That's a lot to say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Meatloaf and Steinman uh, started working on Bad Out of Hell in 1972, but did not get serious about it until the end of 74. Meatloaf then decided to leave theater and concentrate exclusively on music, which thank God he did, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Meatloaf was cast as a understudy for John Belushi's uh, in the National Lampoon showing show Lemmings. I've never seen that. You never saw? Okay. I have never seen Lemmings. Mm-mm. Okay, I haven't either, but I did see National yeah, yeah. Lampoon's Vacation. So, yes, I'm, I'm sure I love other National Lampoon. I'm sure that's a uh, separate film. But, yeah. um, uh, it was at the Lampoon show that Milo met Ellen Foley 
the co-star who sang Paradise by the Dashboard Light and Bad Out of the Hill with him on the album Bad Out of the Hill. Uh-huh. Meatloaf and Steinman formed the band Neverland Express to tour in support of Bad Out of the Hill. Uh, you know, the big tour right there. Uh, yeah. the, the first gig was the opening up for Cheap Trick in Chicago. Man, what a what a yeah. what a great band open for, you know. Oh yeah, love Cheap Trick. Yeah. Meatloaf gained national exposure as a musical guest on Saturday night on SNL Saturday Night Live on March twenty fifth, nineteen seventy eight. In nineteen seventy eight, Meatloaf then jumped off the stage in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, breaking his leg. Oh. He performed his tour performing in a wheelchair, which is great because Yes. I know that Dave Grohl did did the same thing um yes. a while back and he had a throne built mm-hmm. around a guitar throne built for him. And uh and so did Axel Rose. So we and so it, it it always says a lot to a lot to fans that uh, you know, when they could have called up this the rest of the tour. Yes. He's like, no man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna wing it and see, see what I'm, yeah, yeah. As much as I, I hate to hear about anyone getting injured in, oh, a, yeah. in such a way. Like, there's, there's times like that that stand, you know, different instances that stand out to me. Um, Meatloaf performing in a wheelchair, um, which is hard because you, for for any vocalist, like, you're not encouraged to sing sitting down. No, you. To be able to use like your yes, it is better to use your diaphragm fully whenever you're standing up. They don't want you to. They don't ask you to sit down in a singing in a um, recording studio um, to record your vocals. It just you're not going to get the same effect. You stand so that way you use your diaphragm stuff. So that's impressive. First off, Um, and I I think about when James Hetfield um, got burned on stage by the pyrotechnics going wrong. Um, and he couldn't play guitar, so they brought someone else in, but he still went out there, wrapped up, and, and <laughs> sang vocals. I, I think they brought um, there his like, guitar tech. His guitar tech, yeah, yeah. came up there and, and played. Um, and I think about when Travis Barker broke his arm. Um, it wasn't – Blink-182 had not reformed yet. This is whenever he was doing Plus 44 with okay. Mark Hoppus. Um, and they were – they had just released the album – Travis Barker broke his arm um and it was his right arm too so for the he's a right-handed drummer so okay yeah. um or no 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 it was his left arm it was his left, left arm because there, here's what he did, did the symbol right? um he uh he would know which it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter he broke one of his arms he broke one of his arms he's a right-handed drummer though I'm a right-handed drummer as well so I think what it was I think it was his left arm. So he had his arm up in a cast, right? Mm-hmm. And he's playing. That's what it was. Okay, so he's playing with his dominant right, yeah. arm, which right. makes it easier. But this is his snare drum arm, right? So what he does is he has a custom pedal built um, that tri- that he can play with his foot that triggers his snare drum. So he had his arm up in a cast right and he just is playing and playing along and like yeah he couldn't do some of the same stuff because right well yeah yeah i mean he's you know he he's got that going on but it was still impressive to see and there is a cool like there's several live videos of him doing that i'll have to send them to you yeah, yeah. um 
but there's one where they did an acoustic performance while his arm was broken Ooh. and just the things he was still able to do with a i think he played on like a chair and some drumsticks or something like that and it was just insane i'll have to send that to you but yeah i love whenever someone can do something like that right um even when they're injured and the show must go on Absolutely, so i yeah. have rambled for that way too mm-hmm. much sorry that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh so bad out of hell has sold an estimated 43 million copies globally including 15 million in the united states making it one of the best-selling albums of all time uh in the united kingdom alone it's 2.1 million sales put it in the 38th place uh despite peaking at number nine and spending only two weeks in the top 10 in 1981 it has now spent 485 weeks on the UK albums chart um, as of May of 2015. So it's gone up from them, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, a figure bettered only by rumors, uh, uh, by Fleetwood Mac, the album rumors by Fleetwood Mac, with 487 weeks. So it only had two weeks more. Uh, so that, that is impressive. Yeah. Um, in, in 1979, Steinman uh, started to work on Bad for Good, the intended follow-up to 1977's Bat Out of Hell. During that time, a combination of touring, drugs, and exhaustion had caused Meatloaf to lose his voice. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it did. <laughs> Without a singer and pressured by the record company, Steinman decided that he should sing on Bad for Good himself and write a new album for, for Meatloaf. Uh, the result was Dead Ringer, uh, which was released in, in September of 1981 after the release of Steinman's Bad for Good. Meatloaf then played the role of Travis Redfish in the movie Roadie until his singing voice returned. Um, Steinman had written... Oh, by the way, Black Dog. That's another good uh, movie. It's uh, uh, Patrick Swayze. Um, okay. And Meatloaf is in that as well. Black okay. Dog. Nice. Check that out. Uh, yeah. Um, Steinman had written five new songs in which, in addition to the track More Than You Deserve, sung by Meatloaf in, in the stage musical of the same name, and reworked monologue, formed the album Dead Ringer, um, produced by Meatloaf and uh, Stefan Galfus, with backing tracks produced by Todd Rundgren, Jimmy L- um, Ivine, and Steinman himself. In 1976, Meatloaf appeared on the track Keeper, uh, Keeper Keep Us, um, from the intergalactic touring band self-titled album produced by Galfus. The song Dead Ringer for Love, I love that song, um, was the pinnacle of the album and launched Meatloaf to even greater success after it reached number five in the United Kingdom and stayed in the UK singles chart for 19 weeks. Um, Cher provided the lead of female vocals for the song. So yeah, I love, I love that. Um, I think Cher's got a great voice. We'll have to do an episode on Cher one day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, those two together, just two powerhouses, just going back and forth. What a great song! You know that Wu Tang album, but that that's, that hasn't been good. That's that's going to be released. Well, now yeah. I guess. Whenever. Guess the, we'll see. The police takes that out of out of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's 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 on one of the uh, songs that Wu Tang did. No on way. That, yeah. That's cool. But we can't hear it because it's it's uh, like police lockup. Ah. <sighs> It's in development hell. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, so following a dispute with the former songwriter, Jim Steinman, like we said, his, his name's going to come up, y'all, you know? It's going to come up a lot. Get ready. Meatloaf was contractually obligly, ob, obligated, right? Ob, no, obliged. I can't read today. 
uh, to, to release right. a new album resulting in Midnight at the Lost and Found. Released in May of 83. Uh, so according to Meatloaf, Simon had given the songs Total Eclipse of the Heart and Making Love Out of Nothing at, uh, at all uh, to Meatloaf for this album. However, mm. Meatloaf's recording company did not want Meatloaf to sing Simon's songs. Saying that nobody wanted to hear them. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so, nobody wants to hear that. Oh, well. Oh. So, mm. so, Bonnie Taylor's version of Eclipse of the Heart and Air mm-hmm. Supply's version of Making Love uh, topped the charts together, holding number one and number two for a period during eighties of the year of, 80, of 1983. Meatloaf is credited with having been involved in the writing in some of the tracks on the album, including the track uh, Midnight at the Lost and Found. Yeah, Which, that's crazy. I didn't know because yeah. I love Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. And now, like, thinking back on it, like, it could it could work as a Meatloaf song. It could. Um, yeah. It's got that theatrical quality to it that um, yeah. And it was all think, about. I think fits his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's weird. So, uh, poor money management, as well as 45, lost, 45 lawsuits totaling $80 million, uh, including uh, ones from Steinman, uh, resulted in Meatloaf filing for personal bankruptcy in 1983. That'll do it. Uh, the bankruptcy uh, result. I declare bankruptcy. Uh, the bankruptcy resulted in Meatloaf losing the rights to his songs. That absolutely sucks. Um, although he received royalties for Bad Out of Hell in 1997. Um, can you imagine not being able to own the rights to your own music? Well, it's kind of like when the Beatles bought Michael Jackson's... Well, Molly, when, no, the other way around. When Michael Jackson bought the rights to the Beatles' music. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, crazy. And I, and I think it was Paul that said, yeah, man, you can buy any kind of, you know, because kind of messed up, messed up with own thing. He told... Yeah. He said you can buy. And Paul said to Michael, "You can buy any, you know, anybody in music." And all right, nah, man, I just buy yours. Call my. I'll own. just buy yours. That's, yep. what, that's what Michael did. <laughs> you know, so. Your songs are now my songs. <laughs> right. um, in, in 1984, Meatloaf went to England, where he felt increasingly at home, uh, to record the album "Bad Attitude." It was released that same year. It features two songs by Steinman, both previously recorded, uh, which were "Nowhere Fast" and "Surfs Up." Uh, the American release on RCA Records was in April of 1985 and features a slightly different track list as well as alternate mixes for some of the songs. The title track features a duet with The Who's lead singer, Roger Daltrey. Um, Meatloaf worked with songwriter John Parr on his next album, uh, Blind Before I Stop, which was released in 1986 by Arista Records. It features production, mixing, and general influence by Frank Farian, and uh, Meatloaf was involved in the composition of three of the songs on the album. Meatloaf performed Thrashin' for the soundtrack of the 1986 skateboarding film Thrashin' of the same name, directed by David Winters and starring a young Josh Brolin, Thanos, and Cable himself. Josh Brolin. Everybody's probably like, you mean Josh Brolin from the Goonies? No, I mean Josh Brolin, Thanos, Josh Brolin, and Cable Josh Brolin. And there is no other Josh Brolin. 
Uh, I'm just kidding. He was in Dune. He was good in Dune. Oh, I was about to say, but, you don't remember him from Goonies, brother? I, I do remember Goonies never say die. <laughs> but when I think of when I think of Josh Brolin, I just picture him as a big purple guy who really likes rocks. He's all about Fine. Balance. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I'll do it myself. Yeah. We're geeks, y'all. Y'all. Oh yeah, time. big time. We're nerds. Yeah. So. He's got some great one. We I watched Endgame again the other day, and he's just got some great one-liners. He does. Like when he sees himself, when he sees, <laughs> just wait a second. When he see, when he's looking into this like altar, when he's like scoping out uh, Nebula's like, like he does the basically like the replay on her brain or whatever, yeah. and he's watching. He's watching this alternate timeline where he's actually killed by the Avengers and Thor cuts his head off with a axe. Right. Um and and he see he sees himself die in this alternate it uh universe and he's like and that is destiny fulfilled. <laughs> what the fuck? I was like I was like wow, <laughs> chills, man. Just got the absolute chills. Josh Brolin is so good. He was gr- a great Thanos. Yes, yes. absolutely. Too bad Sorry. They, too bad Thanos won't be back. But the, but but I heard that the next main villain is going to be Galactus. I hope so. It's about freaking time they bring Galactus into the MCU. I know they couldn't for a long time because he was technically a Fox property. But I think they have set it up now. It's all about just ushering in. They've already announced the Fantastic Four. It's time to bring Galactus into this thing. I, I think it'll still be a while. I think Kang is going to be the next big bad. Okay. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We're sorry to our listeners. We're 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 you know. I mean, yeah, this is sorry. a music podcast. Well, let's yes. go back to meatloaf. <laughs> Let's go back to the meatloaf. Man, that, what a great sandwich at Brew Baker's on Broad Street, located in the Naomi and Warner building um, or a store. So yeah, um, yeah, go check out that meatloaf sandwich. With ketchup. Yeah, maybe a little bit of ketchup in there would be good. Um, like, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Okay, good. Cause it's, cause some it's, people are... Some, well, ketchup on meatloaf is, is great. It is amazing. Great. I, I agree. I'm, I agree. I'm so glad you agree with me. I would have, I would have I'm to find, yeah. So, uh, so, so following the success of Meatloaf touring in the 1980s, the best years ever, 80s. Um, I wouldn't know. Sorry, everybody. I wouldn't know. <laughs> you were you're a 90s kid, right? 91, baby. There you go. Um, barely, barely 91. It was like December of 91. Okay. Almost 92, child, right? Almost. I'm basically 92, child. You're. Your uh, your your father didn't compare you to a ground of chuck meat, did he? No, no, he did. Used to joke around and say that uh, um, I was so ugly they had to bar the baby down the road to go to church. <laughs> so I guess I guess me and Meatloaf did have That's a similar. Horrible, uh, man. It was so funny. That's like horrible. he used to tell me that, and I just would crack up so hard. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> Um, so him and, he, and, he, and he did tell me my dad also did used to tell me that I had a face for radio so he encouraged me and you know to, to pursue radio and here I am podcasting so there you go. No <laughs> I one can my dad in that way no, he is right I have a ugly face and I was meant for radio so here I am but although although we are on YouTube so hello yes. hello <laughs> <laughs> uh, so him and Simon uh, began working uh, d- during December of ninety, 
on Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, uh, which was released in September 93, two years after you were born, correct? Well, yeah. al- almost two years. Yeah. Um, the immediate success of Bad Out of Hell 2 led to the sale of over 15 million copies and the single I, I'd Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. That's my jam. Um, reached number one in 28 countries. In March 94, at the 36th Annual Grammy Awards, uh, Meatloaf won a Grammy Award for Best Rock Vocal Performance Solo for I Do Anything for Love. Um, as long as they that number one in the UK charts for seven consecutive weeks, the single featured a female vocalist who was credited only as Mrs. Loud. Mrs. Loud was later identified as Lorraine Cro- Crosby. Did I? Yeah, Crosby. Lorraine Crosby. Um, a, perf- a performer from England. Meatloaf um, promoted the song with American vocalist Patty Russo, who performed lead, lead female vocals on tour with him. Also, in 94, he sang the U.S. National Anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, at the Major League Baseball game, All-Star Game. He released the single Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through, which reached number 13 in the USA. In 95, Meatloaf released his seventh studio album, Welcome to the Neighborhood. Um, that, that album went platinum in the USA and the United Kingdom. Uh, it it's it included three singles and that hit the top four forty, including "I Lie for You" and "That's the Truth," which which reached number thirteen in the in the USA and number two in the UK. Uh, and now the "Dry Eye in the House," which reached number seventh in the UK charts. I lie for you, and that's the truth. Was to do it with Patty Russo, who had been torn had been touring with Meatloaf and singing on this album since '93. Of the twelve songs on the album, two are written by Simon. Uh, both are cover versions of the original "Sin" from Pandora's from Pandora's Box original "Sin" album, and "Left in the Dark," uh, first appearance on Simon's own. Owned bad for good as uh, as well as the '84 album Emotion by Barbara Streisand. Mm. His other singles, "I Lie for You" and "That's the Truth" and "Not a Dry Eye in the House," uh, were written by Diane Warren. In '98, Meatloaf released the very best of Meatloaf. Uh, the album featured three new songs, um, co-written by Simon, two with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Which is a big deal, yeah. And one with with Don Black is nothing scared. Is nothing sacred is one of the singles. Mm-hmm. Um, the single version of the song is a duet with Patty Russo again, whereas the album version is a solo song by Milo. Yeah, he worked with Patty Russo a good bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. he liked to work with the same people. Um, but I mean, can you blame him? Like once you like find like a good team, um, and you, you kind of realize, uh, where the magic is with that type of stuff. Then right. right. Absolutely. So, um, be, be, oh, yeah. oh, 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 okay. So before we go on, we got, we got to talk about it. We got to okay. talk about 
I won't uh, I do anything for love, but I won't do that. Okay. Oh, yes. Miss, okay, so Mrs. Loud or Lorraine Crosby, I yeah. think that she is the. I don't really want to say the best thing in the song because that song is a whole is the best song ever, right? One of the best songs, right? But there, but yeah. the way she sings it brings more power to to the song. No. Yes. She has a very, very, very strong vocal, um, and and it shows in that song. And I just yeah. love the song, you know. I always get yeah. I, I I always get a kind of um kind of emotional when her part comes on. I don't know why. Yeah. But it but it just does something to me, you know. So and, So what is the what yeah. is the the thing that okay. he won't do? Okay, so the th- okay, so make it PG, right? Uh, okay. You, okay, so he won't go in the back door. See, that's the rumor. That's what it's always been. Is no, 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 uh, no. That that that's that. that's not a rumor anymore. Because he he okay, said. Okay, so he confirmed it. He confirmed it wow. on you. Uh, you can find a YouTube video. He says, "I won't go through the wow. back door, but I will do anything below wow. except the back door." Okay. The back door. Right. Po- the back door policy. He won't ah, do it. I gotcha. Gotcha. So, well, yeah. confirmed. It's been confirmed. It is. Interesting. I tell you, I learn something new every day. There you go. Look at all YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there you it's go. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um. Uh. So in 2003, Meatloaf released his album "Couldn't Have Said It Better." Uh. For the only uh for excuse me for only the third time in his career, Meatloaf released an album without any songs written by Steinman, um, not counting the live bonus tracks on special edition releases. Although Meatloaf claimed that Couldn't Have Said It Better was, quote, the most perfect album he did since Bad Out of Hell, uh, it was not commercially successful. The album was a minor commercial success worldwide and reached number four on the UK album charts. Um, comp- uh, excuse me, Accompanied by a sellout world tour to promote the album and most of Meatloaf's best-selling singles, um, one such performance on his world tour was the 2003 NRL Grand Final in Sydney. There were many writers for the album, including Diane Warren and James Michael, who were both asked to contribute to his 2006 album, Bad Out of Hell 3, The Monster is Loose. The album featured duets with Patty Russo again and Meatloaf's daughter, Pearl Aday, who is married to Scott Ian, guitarist of Anthrax. Yes, if you did not know, the guitarist of Anthrax, Scott Ian, with his bald head and his uh, little red goatee, is the son of Meatloaf. The son-in-law. Son-in-law, excuse me, yes, son-in-law of Meatloaf. Um, And then in November of 2003, during a performance at London's Wembley Arena, on his Couldn't Have Said It Better tour, he collapsed of what was later diagnosed as Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, um, a condition marked by an extra uh, electrical pathway in the heart, which causes symptoms like a rapid heartbeat. The following week, he underwent a surgical procedure intended to correct the problem. As a result, Meatloaf's insurance agency uh, did not follow up, uh, excuse me, did not allow him to perform for any longer than one hour and 45 minutes. From February 20th uh, to February 22nd in 2004, during an Australian tour, Meatloaf performed with the Melbourne um, Symphony Orchestra in a set of concerts recorded for the album Bad Out of Hell. Uh, live with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. The performances included the Australian Boys Choir singing back up on um, a Couldn't Have Said It Better track, 
uh, which was Testify. Meatloaf and Steinman had begun to work on the third installment of Bad Out of Hell when Steinman uh, uh, suffered a heart attack. Um, According to Meatloaf, Steinman was too ill to work on such an intense project while Steinman's manager said health was not an issue. So who knows? It kept going back and forth. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. Um, so I didn't know this, but he made a third Battle of the Hell. Whatever I mean, yes. right? So mm-hmm. the album Battle of the Hell 3, The Monster Loose, was recorded on October 31st. Was released on October 31st. Yeah, oh, happy Halloween. Halloween on 2006. Yep. No. Okay, so I... Yeah, so he released a, like... Like that, like that's a, like a like a legit Halloween. You know, that sounds like a Halloween song. Yeah. Ha- Halloween, very album. appropriate. Yeah, very appropriate but, for but, Halloween. But what did we get on 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 uh, Halloween the last year? Limp Bizkit still sucks. Thank you, <laughs> ladies right, and yeah. thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Right? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so it was released on October thirty first, two thousand and six, and was produced by Desmond Child. Um, their first single from the album "It's All Coming Back to Me Now," featuring Marion Raven, uh, was released on October sixteenth, twenty o six. It entered the UK single charts at number six, giving Meatloaf his highest UK chart position in nearly eleven years. Wow. The album debuted at number eight on the Billboard two hundred, and sold mm-hmm. eighty one thousand copies in its opening week. But after that, uh, did not sell as well as the United States and yielded no hit singles. Although it was certified gold, uh, the album featured also features duets with Patty Russo and Jennifer Hudson. And we all know Jennifer Hudson because she's a great singer. I, th- I think this is the same Hudson. And she's yes. married to a, an ex-WWE um, superstar. Did you know that? Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know, no, yeah. I didn't know that. Um. Yeah, she was all. She was very popular from um American Idol. Yes. 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 Yeah. She made. That's where she got her big break. Was the American Idol. And I don't know if you saw this, but on Netflix, Anna Sandler did a did a movie called Sandy Wexler, and she stars in that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So check, check that out. Check that out too. Yeah. Okay. Very good movie. Oh. Oh. It's still my turn. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I, I thought it said fake, but whatever. Um, Is not yet. Yeah. During a performance uh, at the Metro Radio Arena in the Newcastle upon uh, 10 TYNE, England, sure. um, on on October 31st, 2007, at the opening of, of a parade by the Dashboard Light, Meatloaf walked off stage early and... and in the song and said it was his last performance. Uh, his tour promoter, Andrew Miller, said that it was a result of exhaustion and stress and said that Meatloaf would continue touring after suitable rest. Uh, the next two gigs in the tour at the NEC and Manchester Evening News Arena were canceled because of actual laryngitis and were rescheduled for late November. Uh, the concert scheduled for November 6, 2007 at London's Wembley Arena and was also canceled. Um, 
Meatloaf canceled his entire European tour for 2007 after being diagnosed with with a cyst on his vocal cords. So in May of 2009, Meatloaf began work on the album Hang Cool Teddy Bear in the studio with Green Day's American Idiot American Idiot album producer Rob Cavallo, um, working with such writers as Justin Hawkins, Rick Brantley, Ollie Ride, uh, Tommy Henriksen, and John Bon Jovi. Excuse me. The album is based on the story of a fictional soldier whose story furnishes the theme. Uh, the album is based on a short story by the Los Angeles-based screenwriter and director Killian Kerwin, um, a longtime friend of the singer. Hugh Laurie and Jack Black um, both perform on the album. Laurie uh, plays piano on the song If I Can't Have You, while Jack Black sings a duet with Meatloaf on Like a Rose. Um, Patty Russo and Kara uh, Diaguardi uh, also duet on the album. Brian May of Queen uh, features on uh, on guitar along with Steve Vai. Uh, it received positive reviews from critics and fans alike. The first single to the album, Los Angelo- Angeluser, Los Angeluser. Okay. Interesting. Uh, cool. that, that works. Uh, <laughs> uh, was released for download on April 5th with the album charting at number four in the UK albums chart on April 25th in 2010. The Hang Cool Tour uh, followed in the United States, the United Kingdom, and in Canada. Patty Russo once again accompanied him on the tour, continuing uh, through mid-2011. Nice. nice. Still working together. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, uh, Hell, Hell in a Handbasket um, released on October 2011 for Australia and New Zealand and February 2012 for the rest of the world. Uh, was recorded and produced by Paul Cook, Paul Crook, um, Joe McKee, what, what, Joe McKean? Joe McKean. Okay, that's a cool name. Uh, sure. Did the mix with input from Rod, Rob Cavello. I would say that Joe McKean probably missed out on his calling. He probably should have been a pastry chef. Mmm. 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 <laughs> I see what you did there. Nah. Nah. Joe McKean. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Good. I'll yeah. see myself out. <laughs> mm, okay. Mm. Uh, the the album features songs called "All of Me," uh, "Blue Sky," "The Giving Tree," "Mad Mad World," not the song of uh Mad Mad. There was another song called "Mad Mad World," right? It's a Mad World. Uh, I, that one. It's not that one. It, no, it's not that one. No. Not that one. No, it's um, a totally different There is one. something about Mad World. Was yeah. it the Al- was that the Allison Chains? No, it's a it's a new newcomer, I think. Well, not new anymore. You, but, uh. Okay. Oh, there's a Tears for Fears song called Mad World. That might be what you're thinking about. No. No. I'll no. find it. I'll I'll find out. You know. But, uh, uh. Yeah. Mad Mad World, and they do it with Patty Russo called. Our Love and Our Souls. Um, at the 2011 AFL Grand Final, uh, the pre-match entertainment was headlined by a 12-minute medley performed by Milo. The performance was a, was panned and the worst in 34 years of, of AFL Grand Finale Grand Final pre-game entertainment 
and a multitude of online reviews by football fans and Australian sports commentaries. commentaries. Nah, what do they know about music anyway? <laughs> Australians. Well, I, Actually, do we have any listeners in Australia? Yeah. Well, well, oh, sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. My bad. Um, but, My bad. <laughs> but I don't... I don't... I, the worst, though... I don't. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it was. The no, worst. there's there's plenty of Super Bowl halftimes that are really really oh, bad. Yeah. So they. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you watch U.S. football, then then then, then they'll understand what what bad music is over here. Yeah. But um, <laughs> where am I? Where am I? Okay, so Meatloaf responded uh, by calling online critics butt smellers. <laughs> he showed them. <laughs> you butt smeller. And, and he called AFL jerks. You jerks. Vowing uh, to, co- to convince other artists not to play at the event ever. So he almost did a uh, he almost did a Neil a Neil Young where he's trying to convince other people people not to play and partake in some of that stuff. Yeah, but this is like this is like I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Butt smellers. This, this is justified. <laughs> This is just yeah, fine. Yeah, this what, is uh, this is totally justified. What sure. what what Neil Young is not not doing is you know justification. That's the word. Justified. Maybe maybe Neil Young is a butt smeller. Maybe maybe he's a jerk also. We don't know. He could be a jerk. He does seem like a jerk. Yeah. So. But then again, Who? Joe Rogan looks like a butt. Sm- he looks like he actually <laughs> likes to smell butts, like his own butt. He likes to smell his own butt. Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think he. I think he is one of those people that likes the smell of his own farts. Uh, but maybe. Um, what's wrong with that, right? Yeah. And uh, well, I don't know, but I never did. I never. <laughs> so, TMI, TMI, y'all. Okay. So there's here. a great South Park bit on the whole like people who love the smell of their own farts. Look it up. It's great. We swear we're professionals, y'all. Professionals, everybody. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Okay. Smeller. All right. So in 2011, uh, Meatloaf planned to release a Christmas <laughs> album called Hot Holidays, uh, featuring Aww. Garth Brooks and Reba McIntyre, two of the greatest uh, country artists of all time. Yeah, that would have been great. But the album was never released. Uh, what Man. the album that was? That's the album that got away. And maybe I they'll swear. maybe they'll take take it out of the vault one day. Yeah, that would be nice. I will. I would love to listen. To oh, that. I would love to like listen fun. to that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Be over with Reba. What? Oh yeah. What? What? That's amazing. And yeah. I'm sure Garth Brooks uh, channeled as Chris Gaines too, because he's working with Meatloaf, so he probably had to get a little bit darker. And he did the whole like Spider-Man Three thing, where Tobey Maguire pulled his hair down from <laughs> his face. Yeah. Probably got his guy liner out, got it all ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, in January of 2020, during an interview for The Mirror, Meatloaf announced, I'm not old. I've got songs for another record, and I'm reading a script. Nice. Um, in uh, February of 2020, face- in a, excuse me, in a February of 2020 Facebook post, Meatloaf announced his intention to record a new album containing four or five new songs, um, including, excuse me, Steinman's What Part of My Body Hurts the Most, excuse me, a long, excuse me, Sorry, I keep burping uh, for some reason. A song long requested by fans, but previously under contract restrictions for the Bad Out of Hell musical, uh, along with the original 1975 demo recordings made for the Bad Out of Hell album. Meatloaf's longtime collaborator, Jen Steinman, died on April 19th of 2021 
of kidney failure, sadly. Mm, um, in a Facebook post on uh, in November of 2021, he further elaborated that he and his brand, his band uh, would be returning to the studio in January of 2022 uh, to record seven new songs for the forthcoming album, uh, which would also include live tracks from the 1970s, the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. However, at the time of his death, the recording process had not yet begun Man. unfortunately so, yeah. so yeah. close yeah. yeah so let's talk about it an untimely passing yeah um so meatloaf died in nashville tennessee on the evening of january 20th this is 31st so it's about uh 11 days now right yeah something um, like that. Of, yeah. of this year 2022 at the age of 74 with no official cause of death released at this time uh, he was reportedly ill with COVID-19 and died from no co- uh, COVID-19 complications. After his health rapidly declined, his two daughters rushed down, rushed to see him in the hospital with his wife uh, being beside his beside him as he died. His daughters had posted an Instagram in early January that we are not sick. Well, we have too many friends and family testing positive for COVID-19 right now. Uh, positive, but doing okay. Notable uh, people that posted uh, tributes including Bonnie, Taylor, Bonnie Tyler, Cher, Brian May, Boy George, Pierce Morgan, Travis Tritt, Marty Matlin, uh, Stephen Wright, and Donald Trump. So... They yeah, all paid respects. Yeah, he was loved by many. Man. Yes. And, and again, like some people didn't know where they stood with, with him uh, right there at the end because of his um, stance on uh, vaccines and COVID and all that stuff. But, um, you know, he, he, in the end, he was a wonderful musician, uh, very talented, and it was sad nonetheless um, whenever he passed away. But uh, what a legacy that he left behind, right? Right. Um, and then uh, New York City record executive Steve Popovich had this to say about Meatloaf's accomplishments um, in his life. He said, I think it was incredibly satisfying to him knowing you could take something so left of center, such an oddball project, and make it a success. They did something that had never been done before. I think it's a true testament that no matter who you are or what you believe in, if you put your mind, heart, and soul into something, anything is possible. And that's and that's true. I think that's just a great way to sum it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's true. Um, yeah. You know, he Meatloaf um, was a rock guy for sure, um, but you could tell his heart was in theater. Yes, and he loved to, combining the two. And every time I I listen to Meatloaf, um, I'm always like, man, this would just be a great musical. And now I believe Bad Out of Hell is is a musical. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, it's it's just uh, the the visuals, the album covers. Oh my gosh, the yeah. album covers that Meatloaf had are just iconic. That bad, that bad out of hell um, with the motorcycle uh, album cover. It's just, I mean, it it's iconic. It's the first thing you think of. It's just, it's incredible, man. Right. And yeah. um, it's it, for him to be in the process of working on something new and then you know passing away like that just makes it extra sad you know um it's one thing whenever a musician has fully retired and they're just they're living 
just peacefully. They, they, they're spending time away from the limelight and, you know, they feel like they've accomplished everything they want to accomplish. And at the end of their life, they're just like, okay, I did it. Now I'm just going to enjoy what time I have left. Um, and he wasn't quite there. He was, uh, he was getting ready to start something new. And right. I, I hate that he was, um, you know, he's gone and we'll never get to hear what he was planning on doing. And we'll never get to hear the Christmas album. Um, if they could maybe take this opportunity though and finish it and put it out, I think that would be a good way to honor his memory. So, yeah, because I, I don't, I don't know, but I think that his vocals were already recorded. Maybe, um, yeah. yeah. They, I don't, yeah, I don't know where yeah, they stood yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, but now yeah. it's time for a Blake Mosley Brosley's Mental Health Minute. It's been a minute, um, but we're <laughs> back has. with a mental health minute. Um, yeah, I, I we, we got away from it just because it was kind of chaotic um, trying to get those together. And frankly, sometimes I just forgot to put them in the notes, <laughs> um, but I uh, wanted to get back to that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so uh, let's look, today's mental health minute. Let's um, look after yourself. Again, I think the last time I did a mental health minute, I found it from a website that was talking about like New Year's resolutions regarding your mental health. And uh, still kind of going off of that because we're still in a new year type. So, right, right. Look after yourself physically to feel better mentally. Hmm. Um, your physical health and mental well-being are linked. And as such, there are lots of positive changes that you can make to improve your physical well-being uh, that will also result in psychological benefits. Exercise boosts the happy chemicals in the brain known as endorphins, which ultimately improve your mood, your mood uh, and sense of well-being. Try and make the effort to engage in some form of, of exercise every day, even if this is just going for a very short walk, or it's, excuse me, it's likely you'll feel, feel better as a result, both, excuse me, both physically and mentally. It's also important to make a conscious effort to eat more healthily in the new year and try not to overeat. Not only does this have obvious physical health benefits, but a healthy diet that's full of vitamins and nutrients that can also have positive effects on your mental well-being. Um, research suggests that foods that are rich in folic acid, such as avocados or spinach, um, and omega-3 acids, such as salmon and tuna, um, can improve your mood and lower stress and anxiety. It's so easy when we're feeling stressed or low to reach for the junk food, uh, but you can help to alleviate some of these negative feelings by simply eating well. Um, actually, I, I've been eating tuna every oh, day yeah. for lunch. Just yeah. um, so I'm sure Allie loves it. Um, my breath smells great all the time, but uh, I, um, I love tuna. I I, I do buy those uh, the buy those different flavored tuna pouches. You know, yeah, with, that's yeah, what I eat. Yeah, uh, they're great with some, with some saltine crackers. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they're great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been trying to exercise more too. So I've been um, I canceled my gym membership and I've been working out at home. Um, and I've been trying to do that at least four times a week. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get there as well. Uh, but this next one, this is one that I have a hard time with. Get plenty of sleep. And I'll tell you why I have a hard time with it. I can I fall asleep easily, yeah. but it doesn't mean that I sleep well. Um, right. Like, I don't get enough sleep. I get up crazy early in the morning, and I feel like the only time I, I can turn my brain off is, like, late at night. And I want to I wanna either watch YouTube videos um, and learn about just random things. Um, or I want to play video games and I'll fall asleep trying to do those things, but I'm trying to stay up so I can do it and it just doesn't work. And then I have to get up at like 
five thirty in the morning. So I just I don't get plenty of sleep like right. I should. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it can be hard during our busy modern lives to get uh, the right amount of sleep every night, particularly for indiv- individuals who work shifts or for those with young children. Um, however, the act of sleeping uh, helps us to recuperate by both physically um, and mentally. Uh, resulting in alertness and a positive mood for the next day. The average adult needs around eight hours of sleep a night um, to be fully rested. The following steps can help you achieve this as often as possible. Number one, try to go to bed and wake up the same time each day. Instead of lying in on the weekend, try to get in the habit of waking up the same time that you do during the week. Um, This can help establish a consistent and healthy sleep routine. Number two, try to avoid napping during the day, as this can mean you can struggle to get to sleep at night and you can have a negative imp- it can have, an, have a negative impact on your routine. Number three, limit your caffeine, uh, your sugar, and alcohol before bed. As I sit here and drink as my cold take, brew, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you're not following your own rule. <laughs> <laughs> There's no alcohol or sugar in here. It's just uh, cold brew and See, uh, heavy whipping cream. So okay, so the, okay, another sponsor alert. Sponsor alert. We need to be sponsored by by uh, by Bones. Bones has no Bones coffee has yeah. no sugar at all. Yeah, no sugar. No sugar mm-hmm. for that. If you're Absolutely. thinking about buying a coffee brand, Bones coffee is the way to go, ladies and gentlemen. They're great. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Try them out. But yeah, yeah, try to limit your caffeine, um, your sugar, and your alcohol before bed. These substances can make you feel anxious and jittery at night, and can prevent you from getting uh getting to sleep and staying asleep. You could, you could also try and limit the amount of liquids you drink before bed so you don't keep waking up needing to uh, use the bathroom um, and then find it difficult to get back to sleep again. Uh, and then number four, avoid electronic devices such as, such as computers, as I sit here staring in front of the computer, uh, mobiles and tablets within 30 to 60 minutes of your target bedtime. Uh, bedtime. These devices give off light, which you can... Um, which can be over, overly stimulating and keep you awake. If you want to read before bed, make sure you read from an actual book or magazine as opposed to a screen off of a tablet or something. Um, again, these steps can improve your quality of sleep. So, yeah, we're, we're in a new year. Some of you may still be following your, um, your new year resolutions, and uh, you may be trying to look at ways of getting healthy. Um, and these are pretty pretty normal things you hear about just people talk about in general but it's crazy the uh the 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 impact it can have on your mental well-being is not 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 only your physical but your mental well-being as as well and if you need a a book of reference everybody should buy guy and goblicon's guide to living your best ah, life yes Live life like a goblin and not as a human, because humans suck. Yeah, I'd rather be a goblin. I be, hopefully we'll get that interview pretty soon. Cheddar and, and, goblin. Yes. I'm gonna be yeah, a cheddar so. goblin. Yep, yep, yep. I love so, cheese. Me too, man. Me too. So, yeah. uh, thanks everybody for listening to, to the show today. Be sure to share this with your friends, family, his dogs, your coffee sponsors, bones. We're trying real hard. We're poorly grounded. Or <laughs> brew bakers. Anybody that'll take us. Or we cups. love coffee. We love coffee. Yeah. yeah any, 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 well, bones is, you know, what I want to get. But, the best. Um, right. Yes. I agree. We are available on multiple podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts. So, so be sure to leave a rating and review if you'd like to see us grow in the future. 
bring you all kinds of content later on in the next year to come. Uh, and we'll read your reviews right here on the show. So if you want us to read it, you read your reviews, send us an email, you know? Yeah. We haven't um, gotten any uh, new reviews on Apple Podcasts lately, so uh, um, I miss reading those. So hit us up, man. Although us we do want to thank our brand new listeners to the show because we got about a thousand listeners in in a day. And That's thank right. you so much for making Britney Spears's Part Two the best um, we've ever had. I think it's 106 yeah. people listening so far. Oof. Yeah, yeah, so thank, thank y'all yeah, very, thank very you. much. We really appreciate it. But the best yeah. way to stay up to date with this is by following our, our social medias, including but not limited to two. I still remember that. You still got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on Instagram, When Words Fail Podcast. Facebook, WWFMS Podcast. Twitter, uh, at When Words Fail MS. Um, you can email us at winwordsfieldpodcast at gmail.com. YouTube, where you can see our, our lovely faces, even though Lake and I are made for, uh, we've got faces for radio, apparently. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, so youtube.com slash winwordsfieldmusicspeaks. TikTok and our website is winwordsfieldmusicspeaks. If you go into our website, make sure you add that .com at the end of it. And yeah. we have merchandise, y'all, so all your... So you can send your 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 family or your baby or your dog, maybe not your dog. Um, so if you go to our dot com website when Wordsville Music Speaks, click on the tab at the top. That's a shop. Click on the big blue image, and you can buy anything you want to there. Absolutely. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Blake underscore Mosley. Uh, check out my YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Mosley with three Y's. Got plenty of drum playthroughs I've been posting uh, from uh, songs at church. If you want to check those out, I'm on TikTok at Blake Brosley. Um, sometimes I get the bright idea of making, uh, taking drum parts from emo songs and putting them into worship music. And uh, sometimes it's a hit. <laughs> um and if you want to check out uh my uh my other podcast it's called south carolina spook show it's all about uh true crime and the paranormal um from the state of south carolina it's available on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts and more um and if you have your own suggestions for that that you would love to uh share with me i would love to put it in an episode um, you can email me. It's scspookshow at gmail.com. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that has checked that out thus far. Nice. I really do appreciate it. Nice. It's fun to do. So um, we do not own any of the music that's used in this episode, and no copyright infringement is intended. Sources from this episode come from Wikipedia, Cleveland.com, and PriorityGroup.com. James, you ready to get up out of here? Yes, sir. You bad I, out of hell? I'm bad out of hell, but I do want to say that this that, that, that this episode was was suggested by a friend of mine, Mark. So we do yes. hear you, and we do love to con- to uh, converse with you. So uh, yeah. stay in touch with us in any way you can. But until then, always remember when words fail. Music speaks. Bye, y'all. Bye. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. No, no, not in the back door. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs>